grace and mercy and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. The text for today is from Matthew chapter 18. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child and had him stand among them, and he said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Dear friends in Christ, Robert Fulgham, an American author, wrote in the Kansas City Times, most of what I really need to know about how to live and what to do and how to be, I learned in kindergarten. He said, wisdom was not at the top of the graduate school mountain, but there in the sandbox at the nursery school. He continued, these are the things that I learned. Share everything. Play fair. Don't hit people. Put things back where you found them. Clean up your own mess. Don't take things that aren't yours. Say you're sorry when you hurt somebody. And when you go out into the world, watch for traffic. Hold hands and stick together. Then somebody commented on this, saying, This writer has captured part of what Jesus meant when he said, Unless you become like little children, you won't enter the kingdom of heaven. In reading this, I thought, Really? Which part of Jesus' meaning did he capture? Let me rephrase what Robert Fulgham has said. He said, unless you share everything, unless you play fair and don't hit and put things back where you found them or clean up your own mess or don't take things that aren't yours or say sorry when somebody hurts you, unless you watch for traffic, hold hands and stick together, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Is this really what Jesus meant? Is this what he meant when he says, turn and become childlike, to act like a child, or to exercise this childlike wisdom learned in nursery school. But Jesus doesn't say to act like this child that he has brought amongst them. The disciples have just asked the Lord of all creation, maker of heaven and earth, who is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? It is the height of arrogance that one, they don't recognize that the greatest of the kingdom of heaven sits before them as God in the flesh. And two, that they may have a shot at the title. Jesus then brings a little child into his arms and said, says, Truly, I say to you, unless you become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. It is not the action of this child that Jesus is presenting to the disciples. He is not saying, hold hands, don't hit, share and clean up your mess. Although these are admirable qualities, I tell you the truth, we have failed to keep even these simple lessons in mind when we deal with other people. We did not keep them as children. We probably don't keep them now. It is not the action of this child that Jesus shows his disciples Children aren't good. God says in Genesis, when Noah has come off the ark and sacrificed to him, God says, I will never again curse the ground because of man, for the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. No, the Lord is not parading this child to show off the action of this child, nor the innocence of this child. For the child in Jesus' lap was conceived in sin, just as every other child is born sinful. In Jesus' time, as it was in the Old Testament, children were seen as ignorant. And in the Greco-Roman world that worshipped logic, they were seen as illogical and offering very little to serve as role models for adults. 
This is why Jesus brings this little child in the midst of them. And it is why it is so shocking. Because spiritually, they bring nothing. When speaking of the greatest of the kingdom of heaven, what possibly could a child bring that would make being childlike the greatest in the kingdom? Their neediness. I will say that again. This child brings his or her neediness. The child is born dependent on their parents for everything. Jesus brings this child in the midst of his disciples to show that they, like a child, are dependent on their parents for everything. These disciples must acknowledge the fact that they are utterly dependent and in need of Jesus for providing their every need. Our sinful nature is like that of the disciples. We want to have some power, some authority, some work, some choice in our own salvation. We want our works to amount to more than just something for our neighbor, but accolades also for ourselves. In our sin, we would love to take our work of sharing and fair play and cleaning up our own mess and storm God's throne and say, see, see what I have done. But Jesus says to be great in the kingdom one needs to become not great, but to see ourselves for who we are, sinners, broken, soiled and foul, bringing nothing to the table to bargain for our salvation, to buy our salvation with, or to bribe Almighty God for a place in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus shows that through this child we are not able by our own strength or power to know him as Savior but only by his call, only by his grace and by his love and by his forgiveness and by his mercy, by his spirit and by his word can we know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Jesus went to the cross because you could not go to the cross to accomplish your salvation. Although your death is inevitable because of your weakness and your sin, Jesus in his death filled with your sin, died in meekness on the cross and did all that was necessary to bring you to God. Dear friends, all that you need, forgiveness and your salvation, has been given to you by Christ Jesus. You are forgiven. We had a visitor a few weeks ago who witnessed an infant baptism during the divine service. And after the service, he cornered me and he said, can I speak to you? We sat in my office and he said, I am so glad, Pastor, that I was here to see this service today, to see this baptism I have a message from God for you, he said. You're doing this all wrong. He continued, children need to be dedicated as infants, but they must choose to be baptized when they are older and can understand who God is when they have faith. So children must be dedicated, I asked. Even though scripture says we are born enemies and rebels against God, and that a person's every inclination from childhood is evil? Yes, he said. Well, children are not dedicated to anything truly but themselves, I said. They are selfish. They are sinful. He responded, well, parents are dedicated then to bringing up the child as, and then he hesitated, as what, I said, as a Christian? I thought you said that happened later when they chose God, I said to him. How does God save the child who dies without the child having chosen him? How does God save the amnesiac? How does God save the senile? How does God save those who hit their heads while crashing a motorcycle? How does God save those who drink from too many aluminum pots? And they no longer know who God is. That is a mystery, he said. I responded, I tell you the truth. 
God can be mysterious. And I am called to be a steward of the mysteries of God. But how God saves is no mystery. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. And Peter says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And they will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and for your children. People don't come to the font for mystery, for magic, for mysticism. They come for assurance. Your parents or yourself did not come to the font to be given a chance to one day choose God. You were brought or came to the font so that God might choose you. That is the assurance of baptism. Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Not those who bring their dedication to God, but that God might show his dedication to us by adopting us as his own dear children and giving us all that God has in his kingdom, forgiveness and life and salvation in his son. We come to the font with nothing, but we leave with everything that God has. We come today to God's house empty-handed and we leave every Sunday with the assurance of the kingdom of God being ours by the work of Christ who loves us. Dear friends, you come here because you need Jesus. And Jesus says, come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come and buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Jesus says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus says, come to me, and whoever comes, I will never cast out. Jesus says, come into my midst, my beloved, I love you. Come, for your sins are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. Hi, Pastor Sai here. I hope this message was encouraging for you. At Riverbend Lutheran Church, our goal is to support Christians in their daily walk with God and in proclaiming the love of Christ to a lost and broken world. We're a small and inviting congregation welcoming any and all who are sinful, hurting, seeking, or simply broken. Whether you're already a Christian and are looking for a church home or you're undecided about your faith and looking for answers, you are welcome here. We have a number of programs for all ages and walks of life. Sunday mornings we have worship followed by educational programs for all ages. Please join us. For more information, you can visit us online at www.riverbendlutheran.com, call us at 780-430-7382, or email me at pastor at riverbendlutheran.com. Better yet, stop in for a visit. Until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace.